The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, I love it in Flint. You're very astute. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon... They will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. Today's edition, which I'm calling Mother's Day the Next Day, continues with uh, my next guest, who is the uh, author of uh, a new book called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. She is a uh, pediatrician, entrepreneur, and a mother herself, Dr. Whitney Caceres. And I think I'm saying that right. Anyway, Whitney, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, let's talk about this this notion of mothering and... and um, parenting without losing yourself because I was talking earlier uh, in the show with uh, a guest who had talked about who talked about making peace with her mother and we were talking about how of all the people we know in life we probably know our parents least and is that because moms and dads to a lesser degree lose themselves in the process of parenting because they have to um, model a certain behavior? Well, I think there definitely is some natural shielding that happens from our kids of maybe what our emotional state is of our of our past, you know, our upbringing. We maybe don't want to bring stuff to them. But I do think that probably the bigger issue for modern moms these days is that they feel like they're pulled in so many different directions pulled so far, stretched so thin, that honestly, they have very little time to be 
present and kind of emotionally available to their kids in a way that is meaningful or to themselves. Um, that, you know, their, their lives are filled with these tasks, either home duties or work duties, all of kind of the checklists that they need to do. And so they can have a hard time having their lives feel like they're meaningful or purposeful or really being content in them. Now, the, the book... Um is scheduled for um, publishing on May 11th. Um, was this written during the pandemic? So it originally was written before the pandemic. Actually, I have a, another book, the, the New Baby Blueprint, that I wrote kind of in tandem with this book. When, when I approached the American Academy of Pediatrics, to publish my first book, The New Baby Blueprint, they said, you know, what we really want is this book for working moms. So when I started working on it, it wasn't during the pandemic, but we quickly realized as we prepared to go to publication that we needed to include some specific parts and pieces that addressed the pandemic head on. And so there actually is a preface in the beginning that talks specifically about my own struggles during the pandemic with my kids. Just because I'm a pediatrician doesn't mean I'm I'm immune to all of those <laughs> heartaches and <laughs> all of those hardships that come have come with the pandemic. In fact, I'm probably in it even even more than some other people are. Um, and and also address this this notion that you know. Yes, things are harder and more complicated and we're more burnt out than than we would have been without this pandemic. But for me, it really brought to light a lot of the issues I was facing pre-pandemic that now just were right in front of my face as opposed to kind of there in the background or that I wasn't as conscious of. Well, and I, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit because I'm hearing an awful lot about women who... Um, maybe weren't able to work from home or maybe got tired of trying to do it all and are not returning to the workplace post-pandemic. Are you seeing that? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on a Zoom meeting with your kids trying to bang on the door, but uh, <laughs> just this past weekend I was trying to do a radio interview and... Um, and my kids were literally passing notes to me underneath the door and trying to sneak their way in and saying, Mom, Mom, Mom. <laughs> and so I think, <laughs> so I think especially, you know, as we had both parents at home and with the pandemic and especially when everyone was in quarantine and these moms were trying to kind of do both things, do childcare and do their work, that moms end up a lot of times being the default parent or the she-fault parent as Eve Rodsky talks about in her book, Fair Play, and I think it just became, for a lot of moms, like, well, gosh, the cost of childcare and the complexities of childcare in this moment during the pandemic, um, and, and also the fact that they're the default, that it ended up that they were the ones that kind of took that, took that on of deciding, I'm going to take a step back from, from the workplace for a lot of moms. And, and, and that's kind of a direct result of, of the stresses created by um, the quarantine, uh, you know, the the fact that kids were at home full time, um, trying to do school online. Um, some parents decided to homeschool their kids during the pandemic. Some are deciding to stay with that. 
um, but it it just seems like uh, all of a sudden everybody was at home all the time and moms were kind of in charge of all that yes absolutely and I think you know you would think that that might make it easier for moms but we it, in terms of just being at home so more available maybe for a laundry or for doing the dishes or whatnot but what I found personally and what has borne out in, in all the, the literature and in the major media is that when you're at home more, of course, you make more of a mess and there's more that people need and there's more chaos and more to pick up. So it actually created more work for parents and specifically for moms um, than, than less work. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think there are, of course, some silver linings of more togetherness when you're at home and there's less going on and fewer activities and you're not, you know, burnt out with kind of going to and fro from your kids lacrosse practice over to piano, over to basketball. But at the same time, all of that togetherness is a lot mentally for kids and for parents. I think there was a ton of boredom, of course, at more screen watching for for very good reason because there was nothing else to say yes to in the environment you know nowhere else for the kids to go no one else for them to see and and no reprieve for parents as well for them to have their own personal outlet so absolutely very stressful well i started doing uh, my radio show from home uh, just a few weeks before the pandemic and the the recommendations about sheltering at home and working remotely from home and so on and so in a lot of ways I didn't really feel interrupted I I was continuing with something I was already doing and I have made a lot of jokes about you know at the end of the show I I head on down the hall to the living room and and um (laughs) And, you know, there's there's this benefit of not having to commute, not having to drive to someplace and then do your work and then drive back from there. And I noticed that when I did uh, a, a virtual doctor's appointment. And I thought, wow, this is great. Um, I'm tied up for this whole thing for about 15 minutes. It used to be a half-hour drive to the doctor's office, another half hour back, and a good half hour to 45 minutes in the waiting room. Now it's it's all condensed. But I forget until, you know, you're in this situation for a while that those drives very often became a good time to sort of sort things out and regroup. It was alone time. Yeah, I think that that's accurate. You know, I kept on working in the office, so I continued to be seeing patients, and I had still some of that time where I was in the car and having that transition from home to work, but because of the lack of childcare, I was with my kids more. And so I think, you know, I was the one, you know, shopping my kids everywhere if I was going to be going to the office. And and I think that a lot of families had that experience as well, where 100%, appointments were shorter it's easier to be a little bit more productive and efficient i think with our time but that's one of my big messages in the book is about how a a lot of moms have this false idea that if they were able to be more efficient or more productive with their time they would be able then to be 
more content. They would be able to feel more centered, more grounded, less stressed throughout the day. And it is important to build efficiency and productivity into our days. And I read books and take master classes on, on that type of approach because I know it's important. But it's not the whole, the whole thing, you know. Um, just because you get really good at doing things faster or with more skill, you still have all the things you have to do. And so the book really addresses what are the other ways that we can lessen our mental load, uh, lessen the emotional burden that we have for our families, um, in part by giving some of those tasks and those responsibilities to other people, either our partner if we have one, or others in our parenting village. And then the importance of also letting go, deciding that our productivity actually isn't a badge of honor that we want to carry around, but instead being purposeful, being intentional, being actually present is more important. So we don't miss the moments that we actually keep on spending all our time preparing for. You know, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> a notorious for spending a bunch of time trying to plan a trip with my kids, trying to plan a vacation, you know, heading to Target, buying all of the little, um, you know, pool toys and all the things. And then I get there to the vacation and it's what I should be enjoying. And then when I'm there, I have a whole other list of mental to-dos or of things that I'm thinking about or I even start planning that next vacation. And so I think that as moms, it's important to build in that productivity <laughs> and efficiency. So we have to think about, what are the other what are the other things that will allow it so we just have less on our plate in general to get done yeah i, I a lot of times those those family vacations by the time you get home you need a vacation from your vacation <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's that's how i have felt in the past a lot and actually have have really made it a point to when i come back from family vacations to try to have one day, if possible, where I'm actually at home just getting things more organized again because you're right, especially if there's jet lag involved. Isn't that the truth that sometimes you feel even more burnt out or tired from that vacation? A friend of mine calls that decompressing. Yes, decompressing. Yeah, and we all need time to decompress. You know, you mentioned the time on your commute. I talk to parents a lot and moms a lot about taking just five minutes throughout the day, either in the beginning of the day to kind of get a little bit more quiet with your mind about what's your intention around the day, or taking those five minutes when you pull into the driveway before you go into your house. Uh, if you're in, in my family, I have to park around the corner so nobody sees me <laughs> to go around the block in front of the car, but but, <laughs> but, but taking those moments where, where you get to just do something. If it's closing your eyes, if it's listening to a little bit of hip hop music, in my case, right, just to just feel like, ah, okay, I'm not just rushing from one obligation to another obligation. Because we love our families, but it's hard work being a parent. Well, my guest is uh, Dr. Whitney Caceres, and she is the author of a new book, The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting without losing yourself and and Whitney this is a, a really fun conversation I'd like to talk more but I have to take a break here can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more for sure great um, if you're listening to us on uh, 92.1 LPFM 
Our Voices Radio in Flint, WFOV. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. 
And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with my conversation with the author of a new book called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself by Dr. Whitney Caceres, who joins me by phone. Whitney, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Um, the title of the, bo- the book, um, The Working Mom Blueprint, um, is there an actual blueprint? Is there a list to add to the list of things moms already do? <laughs> well, I think I'm a, <laughs> I didn't mean to, didn't mean to put it that way, but... No, you're good. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think actually that's a very good point right? Moms don't need more to do. And so in in conceptualizing this book and working with the American Academy of Pediatrics, we really were thinking about a framework and kind of a North Star for moms as opposed to something that's prescriptive that says, here's a list of 50 other things that you need to be considering. We, we try to address the issues that moms are already, already facing and worrying about with their kids as they work. So the wonderful thing about working with the American Academy of Pediatrics is that every single thing that you write and that you put out is by the book. It's AAP policy vetted. So within the book, we actually address issues like sleep for kids and activity, what they should be getting, and ways to get activity that are fun and that aren't cumbersome. We talked about how to have special time with your kids depending on what their age is. We talked about getting food on the table without stressing yourself out as a busy working mom. We talk about behavior and discipline. So these are already things that parents have questions about, but of course there's a lot of chatter in the media about what parents should do with their kids in these different areas. And so we wanted to consolidate the information, make it easy to find, easy to digest, and like you, I try to have my information that I give to other people be like sitting and having coffee with a good friend who just happens to be a pediatrician. So that was our approach. Um, yeah, there's there was a cartoon I saw once that I got the biggest kick out of, and it, it seems even funnier now because we, we spend so much time on screens. There, there was a, a kid in the living room playing a video game, and his mom says, why don't you go outside and play? And the next frame is the kid standing outside of an open window with his video game on the sill. <laughs> and, That's funny. And well, it it is funny, um, but but it's a little bit truer than funny now because we've all spent so much more time in front of screens this last year yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have, and for a moment, I think that it honestly was a necessary evil. There was nothing oh, I else ab- for I absolutely, to do. I absolutely agree with that, Whitney, because yeah. the, um, I, I was trying to imagine when this all first began, I looked 
back at the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic and how similar some of the responses were in terms of the things that got shut down and you know sheltering mm-hmm. and at in place and all of that all of the kind of reactions to trying to combat the virus and I thought man these people had to stay home and there was no radio there was no television there was no telephone there there was certainly no internet or netflix or hulu or any of those things i'm not even sure they had uh, cheetos mm-hmm. yeah no exactly <laughs> and and you know in the book I, I talk about this whole journey that i went on i have a daughter with a severe anxiety disorder that comes across as kind of a fight or flight reaction a lot of times and a lot of times it's the fight you know and so when we were all together in our home and she was feeling anxious and out of control and I was feeling stressed what would happen she would you know pound on her little sister and you know start fights and get angry and so absolutely screens were something that we relied on and I know a lot of families relied on and in my pediatrics office, we kept just saying to parents, this is a moment, number one, to be okay with the fact that you're not okay, right? We, we can't just get through this with a bunch of hope and good vibes. Number two, it's okay to give yourself a lot of grace in this moment. But then once the pandemic starts to clear up, once the weather does get nicer, once we have some more options and things for our kids to say yes to, that will be the moment that we'll need to detox ourselves and our kids off the screens because we want them to kind of break that cycle of, of needing to have that soothing mechanism that is screen time and media and all those things. And I will tell you, Tom, when I detoxed my kids off screens, whew, it was a week that I do not want to go back and repeat, but <laughs> I'm, glad that, I'm glad that I did. So, well, know, yeah, because it would, be, it, it would be so tempting to pull yourself away from the screens and then go well I could leave the kids there for a little bit (laughs) of course you know of course and and the thing is it's not the it's not the screen itself that's the problem I mean yes there are types of media that are not great for kids to consume you know it's not great for our kids to watch things that are violent or kind of mean girl things but there are a lot of educational items that are there on the screen that can be great for kids the issue is when the screen is becoming kind of this like security blanket for kids or like a pacifier for kids or a way for them to deal with their boredom without yeah, hip- having to actually like, problem solve. Almost like <laughs> hypnosis. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And all parents, I think, can tell when their kids and when, the, when they themselves get into that zone with screens, right? Um, when it no longer is a tool. What um what are some of the steps in the in the blueprint for the work? Well, I think yeah, absolutely. I think one of the first steps is is really taking time to be taking care of yourself as a mom. So I'm a big believer in you can't put out anybody's fires until you put out your own or you can't fill from an empty cup. And so it's so important for moms to have consistent times throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year 
that they are reattuning to their own needs, that they are in touch with their own emotions, that they are caring for themselves. And I know that sounds a little bit woo-woo, but the reason is because as moms, sometimes we get into these resentment cycles where we work, 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 do everything for everyone over and over and over again. And then we feel really resentful. And then over time, what happens? We have this pressure that builds inside of us of negativity and resentment, building, 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 and then poof, just like an Instapot, it overflows. And then we get angry and irritable and snap at everybody and are not as productive and get burnt out. And then we feel bad, we have shame, and then we do it all again. So taking care of yourself really is just about trying to prevent that cycle. It's about survival. That's number one. Number two is having a very clear sense of your priorities. What matters to you and what doesn't? Um, in the book, we go through a whole exercise about kind of what's your ideal life? Where are you spending your time and energy? And, and where is it in your reality? And I know when I first did this exercise, I realized, whoa, I'm spending all all of my time on maintaining my house and on maintaining appearances and on trying to make sure I meet other people's obligations socially and extended family social obligations. And really the things I wanted to be spending my time on were my, my mission-focused work that I have, my relationships with my kids, um, and my relationship with, with my partner. Those are the things that I cared the most about. And so helping moms to kind of flip the switch in terms of those priorities really is step number two. And then step number three is creating systems that allow you to live according to those priorities. So things like automating and delegating, being more productive and efficient, like we talked about at the top of the hour, um, getting other people on your on your team, learning to say no with compassionate assertiveness to other people, you know, having boundaries. So all of those systems are the things that flesh out those initial two steps of the blueprint. You, you um, referred to in the in the previous segment um, being on a vacation that that was more stress than chill. It's it's kind of like trying to get everybody together, and you know we're going to chill if it kills me. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I. I I think that's the MO for a lot of moms, you know, a lot of working moms, like we're going to make this happen. You know, maybe everyone's going to be totally stressed out all week long as I, as I shuffle my kids to and fro, as I make sure that I answer every single call and take every single appointment. But in the end, yes, you can look back on the week and say, I got a lot done, but can you look back on the week and say that you were happy with the work that you did or with what you accomplished in terms of um, in terms of your relationships or in terms of your overall life goals? A lot of times I think parents can't. And, and when you talk about taking time for yourself, um, how much time does that need to be? Are we talking about spa days or are we talking about... Uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes just to recharge batteries? <laughs> On the contrary. I'm actually, you know, I, I think, thank goodness in the mom self-care world that we're getting beyond Vandy's Petty's spa days, right? Sometimes that's amazing. My book's coming out tomorrow. I'm planning on, you know, doing a little bit of that just in celebration. But, but 99% of the time, it's really much more about taking five minutes in the shower, 
you know, to regroup, recollect. It's about taking those five minutes before you head into work. It's about deciding that at lunchtime, instead of working through and grinding it out, that you're going to spend a little bit of time with coworkers. Um, I also do recommend that, you know, three times a week that I think you deserve an hour to do some type of activity that reminds you of of your joy, of things that bring you joy. And it doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. For me, that's usually writing on my Peloton and listening to some Justin Bieber music, right? So um, it could be something that's silly. It could be going out and having, you know, a drink with a friend or just sitting and reading a good book. Um, but anything that, that kind of gets you back to almost who you were or what you loved before you became a parent or the things that you found as you are a parent that really bring you joy. And then, of course, there are times where you need a little bit more extensive time, but I think those are fewer and far between for most parents to come by. And I'll say, you know, I um, I was saying, you know, that we had a really tough time with my oldest daughter in the beginning of the pandemic specifically. And my youngest daughter, I kept on having these little special times with her that I talked about in the book of, you know, 10 minutes here, 15, 20 minutes there where we would have focused time. But she was having some behavioral issues of her own just in response to her sister's kind of neediness and all the things that she that she was going through. And we decided, okay, we're going to take two days just us and be stress-free and just go be, you know, in a, in a hotel for a couple nights and just be kind of like snuggled up in a, in a bed together. And that really did the trick for us. So I think really probably the most important thing is paying attention to how am I feeling, what do I need in this moment, and then honoring that and deciding, you know, we're worth at least five minutes a day, but we're definitely worth a couple hours a week where we don't have any other obligations and we're not performing, we're just being with ourselves. When you refer to delegating whenever appropriate, um, what are things that can be delegated and when when should they be? Well, almost everything can be delegated, uh, honestly. Of course, it's, it's about budget. It's about also not creating extra burden for yourself to arrange the delegation. So, for example, you know, um, having someone clean your house is an excellent way to delegate if you have the funds for it. But it's not an excellent way to delegate if then the night before you have the house cleaner come, you are you know, acting like a drill sergeant to your entire family to make sure everything is picked up or you're stressed out by having to arrange for the cleaning itself. Um, so or, or you pre-clean. <laughs> yeah, you're pre-cleaning, exactly, because you, feel, <laughs> because you feel like, oh, no, this person's going to see my dirty house, right? Um, really delegating the most comes up for me and my partner relationship. And my husband, Scott, and I, we have try to make our household run a bit more like a business, which is not very, you know, uh, sexy, but it is, it does work. It's really effective. So we sit down every three months and we run through a list of these are all the tasks and responsibilities that we have within our household. And we divide them up based off strength and say, okay, I'm going to be responsible for this. You're going to be responsible for that. And, and it allows us then, of course, we help each other out. There are some days where I'm, you know, late at work for a meeting or he can't get to feeding the, the dog. You know, I mean, there are times that we are act as a team, but on the whole, we each know 
each other's responsibilities and, and who's supposed to be doing what. So that's really one important way of delegating. And then I would say the third is um, in your in your workplace, you know, deciding do I need to be on that fourth or fifth committee for work or is that something that I can find someone else within my organization to, to do it, you know, to delegate to them or do I have to just say no because I'm saying yes to something else that's more important to me, to having that relationship with my kids, to doing work that I actually care about and find value on. So um, those are definitely ways to delegate as well. You talked about, um, you know, dividing up parenting within a partnership, but what about single moms? Can they benefit from some of the stuff in this book? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, this is not a book that's just for couples, and specifically not just for, you know, heterosexual couples, it's for everyone. Um, but for single moms specifically, single moms have to rely on their parenting village more, and they know this, but I think that making sure that you have a group of friends or a family around you and and really creating kind of swappables with them. I have a, a good friend who is also a physician that she and I just have a standing agreement. She's a single mom that when her son needs pickup from school, then I'm kind of her go-to and she'll call on me. And I think having a Rolodex or a you know, virtual Rolodex within your phone of of the people that you know that you could have them pick your kid up from school if you forgot a lunch that they could run it over for you. You know, you need a list of, of five or ten people that can be kind of your go-to, your go-to two team members. Yeah, it sounds good to have backup. Um, what about, I didn't mention this in uh, when I introduced you, Whitney, but uh, tell me about Modern Mommy Doc. ModernMommyDoc.com is my online platform, and our mission there is to help moms feel like they are thriving, not just surviving in motherhood. And so to that end, we blog every week and provide philosophical guidance, but then also practical guidance on how to um, have that mama mindset that really is going to create true success for moms in the workplace and at home. We also have on-demand programs. You can access our books there. And then that also is the home of our podcast, the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. And we have pediatric health experts that come on, mama health experts. But then I'm always the most excited about those experts that really are tuned in to what can make life better for moms from an intentionality standpoint or a perspective standpoint? You know, it's it's um, funny. You mentioned something there I hadn't really thought about or we didn't really touch on. But in addition to working and and being the homeschooling parent and, you know, the chauffeur and entertainer and coach and all of the roles that moms play along with holding down a job and putting food on the table is, uh, you know, being the, uh, the house doctor. Yes, being the house doctor. And what a heavy burden that can be. I see that in my clinic all the time that 
sometimes people come in because it's obvious that their child is sick. They broke their arm or they um, have a fever of 105. But a lot of the parents, and specifically the moms that come in, are looking for reassurance. They're not sure. They haven't had medical training like I have had to say, is my child sick enough to need attention or should I just be waiting and watching and kind of letting this pass? And so actually within the book, we talk about what are signs of illness that do worry a pediatrician, how to approach a pediatrician when you are worried about your child, um, some reassurances that, you know, most of us are parents too and we absolutely understand that kind of like just you're sick inside until you know that your child is not uber sick and so we welcome your questions and concerns and some guidance in terms of seeking out care a little bit earlier versus versus later we also talk in the book about how to deal with when your child is sick with getting extra help and support how to deal with um, the needs of balancing work and home when your child is sick because we know that's important and we also dive into childcare, how to choose a childcare option, which can be so daunting for parents. And then once you've decided on this is the option that I want, then how to find quality healthcare within those options, be it a nanny, be it a childcare center, be it stay at home with a family member, kind of how to parse all of that out. Well, this is uh, fascinating. The book is, uh, once again, the book is called, and I will find the title in my notes, The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself by Dr. Whitney Caceres, who uh, has been my guest. I can't believe how fast this time has gone, Whitney. I feel like we could talk about this uh, uh, for much longer, but uh, I need to wrap it up here. But I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. I suspect that your website is a great place to start, modernmommydoc.com. Yes, go over to modernmommydoc.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a beat there. I also hang out on Instagram the most on social media at Modern Mommy Doc. And the book comes out tomorrow and will be available. It's probably already available online for pre-orders. Um, Whitney, yes, thanks. you can pre-order it right now. <laughs> Whitney, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. And keep up the good work. Thank you. Take care. Once again, that was... Uh, board-certified practicing uh, pediatrician and the creator of the popular website modernmommydoc.com. She is uh, the mother of two young daughters. And uh, let's see, what was the other uh, phrase that I came across? Uh, pediatrician, entrepreneur, and mother uh, and author of uh, this, this new book, The uh, Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. If you're listening to us on uh, WFOV 92.1 LPFM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And don't forget, if you uh, 
miss uh, part of a show and you want to listen later in the day, the show repeats online all day and night until the next new show. Also, past interviews are uh, available in one-hour increments on the website's uh, archive. So you can go to TomSumnerProgram.com and uh, check it out. Anyway, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. 
Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. And now here he comes, Tim Allen. Hey, you. Nice to see you. I'm having a pretty bad week. I just got back from a kind of a family reunion, and I got seven brothers and two sisters, and I realize now, and I'm, I hate to admit it, but men are pigs. pigs. You women will agree, right? Men are pigs, right? Yeah, it's just too bad we own everything. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. My mom raised seven boys, two girls. She always called us pigs, you little pigs. You little red-butted primate little monkey pigs. All you do is poop and eat around here. That's all you do. Don't speak to your mother. You grunt like the pigs you are. My mother figured that's how men should talk. <laughs> It's true. You don't think your old man grunts? Give him a steak. Honey, you like that? My mom said the only reason men are alive is for lawn care and vehicle maintenance. (laughs) Oh, is that true? Yeah. I know it's true. I got a new lawn tractor. Yeah. Yeah. Got the John Deere 160. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 11-horse twin-cylinder. <laughs> 42-inch blade, rear bagger. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got headlights in case I want to mow it at night. I have that option, yeah. My mother said men aren't men until they can find their way to Sears by themselves. That's my store, Sears. Oh. Past all that Kenmore stuff. Come on. Right to that Craftsman tool department. Oh. I walk in there and my nipples are rock hard. <laughs> They're beautiful. I can buy stuff I don't even need now. Yeah. I got a gear puller. I got no idea what that thing is. Oh, yeah. But it looks good on my pegboard. Oh, 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 oh. That's the altar to a man. Oh, oh, oh. Three grand worth of stuff you'll never use, right? And the real pinheads will outline their tools. I know where that baby goes, right there. And don't you touch that claw hammer, honey! You can get real weird tools, though, you know. 
He's workmen are working on my house. I get that. They, they, those will be big brassy things. And, oh, what's that thing? That's a power stapler, sir. Oh. Well, I need one of those all of a sudden. Yeah. 238 bucks later. I'm out stapling phone books to my brick wall. The weird trouble you get in is that home shopping thing. Oh, yeah. Tools from hell on this show, I don't know. I always get sucked in a good salesman, man. Eliminate the worry, folks, of sharpening scissors at home. Oh. <laughs> Honey, forget about that check to Ethiopia. Here's a major problem here. Six to eight weeks it shows up, you know. It's got that, all these instructions. It says attach firmly to a workbench for stability. Uh -huh. I don't have a workbench. But I think we all know where I could buy one. <laughs> There's more for your life at Sears. I popped out, Sears got the 164 cubic inch workbench shot me craftsman area. <laughs> Four foot bench, 800 pounds, came in a box, yay big. <laughs> Kid, you didn't read the circuit or there's some assembly required with that unit. <laughs> oh no. I didn't have any tools. Where am I going to buy tools? Sears! <laughs> I had to buy some tools that day, too. I didn't want to make two trips, so I rented a rider truck. <laughs> I backed up Sears. I bought some tools, boy. I got needle nose, vice grip, and monkey mothers. Boy, I got three-quarter driving, socket pulling, flex my head, steel tubing. Got wire gripping, hot glue, you boy. Circular bandsaw, jig, rip cut, cross cut. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, I bought some tools, boy. I got tools that fix tools. I got very tool in me. And I got plenty of duct tape. You gotta have the duct tape. You got to have the duct tape. Yeah. If you can't fix it, duck it. That's what I... <laughs> yeah, cured that little problem with the dog right away. <laughs> but that some assembly required or hurt you or a loved one. My mom gave me a gas grill for my birthday. I got the Sunbeam 3300. Oh, It's got a rotisserie, dual burner, fold-down redwood serving areas. Oh, 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 oh. Looked like a car bomb in that crate, though. Butane hoses and tanks and fittings. Oh. I took a shot at it. Looked pretty good. Ever finish something, and, but you still got a bag of real important-looking parts left over? Hey, honey, why don't you try the grill out first? <laughs> you should have seen the flame come out of that hood. <laughs> honey, stop running around like that. You're just making those flames grow on you like that. You didn't burn that meat, did you? This must be a fuel regulator of some sort. I don't think it's supposed to spray in the hair like that. Guess I don't need to tell you, though, do I, huh? <laughs> Women are always mad. Burn her head, she's always mad at me. Always getting stuff dirty. I just washed that for her. Look what you did. Oh. Why don't you wash the floor for once? I pull out the hose. What's so tough about that? Hey, 
everywhere you go, you make the house dirty. Oh, uh, yeah. That's how I mark territory. Uh, 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 uh. Why don't you clean the house for what? Gives me that Eureka Upright 1200. <laughs> What's a headlight for in that thing? Shut the lights out. Let's scare the cat. No power in those backs. Same bobby pin. Never think of picking it up. No, no. That's the vacuum's job. You'll fiddle with with your foot a little bit. Pick it up, look at it, put it back down. There is no power in these vacuums. So I rewired it. I had this old Buick V6 out in the garage. But she loves me. She gave me the best gift a woman can give a man is that big tool belt. Got that big cowhide tool belt. Got two cordless drills hanging low. Oh, I'm wider up walking around that house. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Come on, Betty, break some. <laughs> You've been a lot of fun. I'm Tim Allen. Thank you very much. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Now, when a virus comes along that's spreading like a plague, and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague, well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well, unless you want to bid our free society farewell. There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's in incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Well, there's smoking George Wieners tickling the ivories, letting us know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room, but I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Thanks again to uh, all my guests on the show today, Dr. Uh, Whitney Casares, uh, author of The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself, and of course, mom jokes like dad jokes only smarter with uh, co-authors. Um, well, we're, we're out of time, but I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.
want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.